Maya, your client care specialist at Empower Physical Therapy. Welcome to the Empower Your Life podcast, the absolute best place if you're looking for answers in regards to your health and pain, as we believe the body can accomplish astronomical things if given the right environment. So sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hey guys, this is Stephanie, the host of this podcast, and today I wanted to talk about neck and shoulder pain, really specifically shoulder pain. There's so many times that people have shoulder surgeries that are that are unnecessary, uh, and you know it's mostly because people are working on the wrong body part or aren't getting to the source of the problem. So um, today I have Ben with us and Kieran. Um, so that we can just kind of get into a discussion about what we see in our office and how we're able to, to help people. So let's, let's get to it. So Ben, tell us a little bit about um, like what you've seen, even in the past, um, with people that had so- shoulder surgery or people that were trying to avoid shoulder surgery. Well, at the last clinic I was working at, I would see, I had to cast it up where I would see people before they were going to go in for surgery, um, usually just to give them some exercises that they could do immediately after or, um, you know, just kind of get their head right before they were about to go in and, and undertake this ordeal. And uh, what, what I would see with a lot of people was that no one had looked at their neck when they were in line for shoulder surgery. And if I went into it with them, a lot of times their shoulder stuff would start resolving. And it's, it, it's just mind-blowing that no one had really gone down that route with them or at least just checked it real quick. Because it's a pretty easy thing to rule out. And, I mean, we just live in a country where there's so many unnecessary shoulder surgeries. And, I mean, really you see, I mean, the outcomes long term are about the same for some of these shoulder surgeries. <laughs> or worse. If, yeah, if you, just, if you just do some, you know, conservative management, some conservative physical therapy, you know, six weeks down the road, you're, you're going to be better off. Well, and a lot of this happens because... You know, doctors don't have a lot of time with patients, so they're in and out of, out of the room, and so they rely heavily on imaging and where the side of the pain is. So I hurt my shoulder, I have a hard time, you know, doing activities with my shoulder, so they go and image the shoulder, and lo and behold, we found this, so now we need to go in um, and, and do, do a surgery. And I think, like, one of the surgeries that I just don't even think should even exist is the subacromial decompression, because I... <laughs> the what? Yeah. It's it's literally when they just um, like shave off your acromium. It's like a theory that the acromium is creating problems for your rotator cuff or you don't have enough space. Like this is the theory that they go by. And so when they aren't really sure what's going on and they have all the shoulder pain, this is typically the surgery that they'll do. And uh, I can't tell you how many patients in the past, like not even at this office, like most of the people at this office come in. And we help them avoid surgery, and we'll get into some some pretty crazy examples of people that had some pretty significant surgeries on the books, or had surgeries that they did that didn't work. Um, but like in the past, I would see people that would come in with this subacromial decompression, and I guarantee you, the majority of them, it was a neck issue. And I'm literally having to tell the patient, like, yeah, you know, you have a neck issue too. You know, they took care of the shoulder issue because you just didn't want to throw the uh, the surgeon underneath the bus, but it was a 100% neck issue. Um, and I even had a patient that um, had the craziest symptoms and um, with his, like, having numbness down his arm. Um, he was, ba- was like a ranger, so he was always shooting like a rifle or, or had that, and that, was practicing that, and um, ended up having an issue with his bicep, which 
actually scarred down on the nerve. And so no one could figure out what it was because everyone was looking at like the neck, the shoulder, like they, they couldn't figure it out. Well, he ended up having a subacromial decompression um, and came into our office and did fine like with passive motion. But as soon as we started doing any strengthening stuff again, like boom, his symptoms came back. And I'm like, well, this is really weird. Okay, so let's look at the neck. Neck, completely normal range of motion. I said, okay, now let's go and, and um, since his range of motion seems normal, now I'm going to see if the nerve is actually adhered. So we went and did the nerve test. Sure enough, it created his symptoms. I was like, okay, it's adhered. But the crazy thing was it wasn't adhered to the neck. It was adhered in his bicep. And you could feel the tightness. And so we had to remodel that tissue and then build um, the strength back in, in that particular area of, of his muscle because it was scarred down. Um, and he got back to everything normally. But that just comes into like being around people that really understand the body and really can get to the source of the problem. Yeah, I think about a case I had at, this was a while ago. I, I, I had a young girl come in. She's a swimmer. She was having shoulder pain. Like They basically diagnosed her with like probably their scapula or just your, your basic impingement type of syndromes is what you see on a lot of you know referral sheets and I mean I was like I was like okay before before we start getting into your shoulder I just want to rule your neck out I was like no one's looked at your neck I don't even have any neck pain you know she was kind of she was skinny and young so she had like a ton of movement um so I just I was like let's just do some like repeated movements with your neck and, and see what happens and I mean her shoulder range of motion like doubled and her pain basically went away at her at her shoulder, and the girl's mom was like, "What? What did you just do? <laughs> like, what? 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 What's going on there?" And I, I, I was like, "Well, things coming out of her neck." I mean, I think it's I think it's I was like, I don't want to, you know, again, I didn't want to throw anybody under the bus, but I was like, I think we just have to go down this route a little bit and and see what happens and. and and I mean, she ended up getting full resolution just off of that and doing some basic strengthening things for postural uh, muscles. And yeah. I remember you saying, like, when I first started that one of your favorite things to work on was shoulder-based things that turned out to be neck-based because you could literally impact someone's life super dramatically in a right. very short amount of time in terms of, like, their daily living because, obviously, your neck and shoulder movement and everything is so imperative to literally just living a regular life. Yeah. It's very dis it's very uh, disabling when you start having neck pain, but I mean it can also just be like a lot of weird symptoms, like you know it can you know cause some jaw pain, face pain, mm -hmm. like yeah. headaches, yes, ringing in your ears, like all kinds of weird stuff. Yeah, that you can make a huge difference in somebody's life, and I mean a lot of those things are just super debilitating as far as like just being able to concentrate during the day. That's yeah. one of the big things. That's like on the I'm like a big neck pain questionnaire. It's like one of the questions is, can you concentrate? Can you read? Mm -hmm. You know, can your it's eyes track? It's exhausting, like yeah. too, especially if you're getting like neck, shoulder, any kind of pain is exhausting. Like in general, like because you don't have control over it and it kind of takes over your everyday thoughts and those kind of things. But when you get where it's shoulder and neck and it's and it's and you you get some, you know, whether it's headaches or just you know, pain between the shoulder blades or down the arm, like it is exhausting because it, it it's the same thing. You just can't think, and so you're not getting anything done. And all you want to do is just go to sleep. Right. right. Yeah, because I mean, a lot of times that's the best relief they get is like laying down, especially you know if you're having like a headache type of mm -hmm. neck pain. It's like the best thing, you, the only position you can find is laying down because it's just it's with you all the time when you're sitting when you're trying to work. 
kind of goes into that whole thing that you guys always discuss, though, with the um, the fact that where the pain is isn't necessarily what the problem is. Yeah. I mean, when you talk about how many shoulder things are actually neck-related and people are ready to get their arm turned into the Terminator's arm <laughs> for, for something that might not even be that, it seems to be pretty regular across the board. Yeah, and you don't even have to have neck neck symptoms. Like, yeah. I mean, we I had a patient that um, had a rotator cuff repair, um, and I had like I was telling her before the surgery, like, please, please, please don't have it. Please come in and see me before you have the surgery. And she ended up having the surgery, and I didn't even know the whole full backstory because she had reached out. Um, you know, maybe a month or two before having the surgery and it just kind of had kept on following up, like literally followed up with her for eight months before she actually came in here. And, uh, you know, it was just kind of following up and following up. Sure enough, she had the surgery. Uh, rotator cuff was going to therapy four days a week uh, to try to get her mobility, like was doing everything she possibly could, but was not living her life. She actually was in more pain after the surgery. And come to find out, she had done stem cell on her shoulder. She had done injections on her shoulder. She had done PT before um, coming, you know, before having the rotator cuff tear and then did the rotator cuff surgery because the doctor's like, we've tried everything. This must be what it is because on the imaging, it showed a rotator cuff. So here she was six months out of having surgery and worse pain, not being able to move her arm, literally waking up two hours before having to go to work so that she could get ready and prepare herself and do her stretches to just be able to function to, to, to get into work and followed up and was asking her like how's it going she goes it's it's bad I got um, you know therapy's not working I just don't know what to do and I said well when you hit your low point come in because um, there's one of two things that people are missing out on and I don't know what it is but I will know when I see you and uh, she, she um, called me two weeks later and said okay I'm ready because she was gonna go to a massage therapist and all this stuff so which is crazy. That's the thing that, like, whenever I listen, obviously, for myself, I'm not as medicalized as, like, 99% of the world is, really. I avoided it. But what's, like, just still mind-boggling to me is taking, even if you only see a PT for a half an hour, imagine, like, taking a half an hour, that's just physically in there, driving to this place four days a week, rescheduling either your work life or your family life, not getting absolutely anything, and then the ultimate goal is, well, you're going to be out of doing everything anyway because you're going to chop this part out of your body and necessarily you might not need to and what's weird to me is obviously you were talking the other day Stephanie about um, how in your last clinic you still didn't really have many surgical based cases mm -hmm. but then you've been you've been down that road of having to do um, waving your arm with a stick in your arm to try and do post-surgeries and yeah, you've seen a lot of people's lives have to be dramatically changed yeah your shoulder surgery is rough it's really hard to sleep after it um, <laughs> basically have to sleep in an armchair for most um, of these rotator cuff people. Um, so it's really good for dads who like to watch football then. Yeah, yeah. Armchair. I mean, if you like sitting upright uh, or sleeping upright. Um, but yeah, I think it's it, it just pays to go down that conservative route for a little bit and actually, you know, just find somebody that's going to try to find the source of your problem because you're, you're saying, yeah, you, you, you know, sacrificed a large part of your day to, to drive this clinic, but... You know, what if you're going to that clinic and they're just giving you the same five exercises that you're already doing at home? Yeah. And that's that's what I'm saying is that is that you're you're investing way more than even money. Then I mean, let's say you've done everything you need, you're you're, you're covered, and it's coming straight out of the insurance pocket. That's still your money. I mean, that's how I saw it when I had my car-based stuff. Is that I'm like, I still am having to take an hour plus off of work mm -hmm. 
to go and see this thing and like at the end of it you're like am I doing anything like am I actually getting where I need to go to feel what I want to feel and again it didn't cost me a physical penny but it cost me a penny in terms of I was I, I was required based on because it was a car based thing like four to five days a week go there which was four to five days a week I was taking an hour physically in the place I was going and it was like a 25 minute drive there and back so two hours four days a week was coming out of my paycheck even though I wasn't physically paying for it it was coming out of my paycheck to essentially get absolutely bloody nowhere and look at myself at the end and go, I just literally paid, in essence, more than I would have if I'd just gone somewhere if somebody took the time and actually was, like you said, like, tried to go down every conservative route and try and make sure that every button, every switch is flipped and make sure that you're not just doing the same four things. And that's no discredit to those people, but I feel like a lot of people who do post-surgical things literally have like a template that you have to go through because there's not much, like you said, there's not much you can do with these people. And it's like, by the time you're at that point, you've invested so much physical time and money. Well, that patient, I mean, she did try everything. She tried everything. Yeah. Spent like, you know, tens of thousands of dollars by the time you did like stem cell and um, and all these other things that... that Which is um, crazy how many people <laughs> are doing stem cells now so fast. I thought that was like... So, but literally, like, when she came in and I saw her, I mean, she didn't even have... Like, her neck mobility wasn't even that bad. Mm-hmm. She had no pain in her neck. She had no pain between her shoulder blades. Nothing. And I was like... Which is a little unusual, but not, not totally unusual. And I literally told her, I'm like, I'm just going to make sure I follow the steps. Like, we're going to roll out the neck. Yeah. I know you don't have any symptoms. I know your neck is not that bad. Which everyone must think you guys are But we're going to rule it out. And I really, at that point, was like, it's not her neck. It's probably her shoulder. And it's probably like a, what we call a kind of a shoulder derangement, impingement type thing. And uh, sure enough, went to her neck. And I mean, in that visit of just doing the little bit that we did in her neck, she her pain levels dropped by like 60% and her range of motion improved by like 80%. And I'm like, it was a neck issue. <laughs> wow. But she'd been down that whole entire road. And... That's I mean, what I'm you saying. saw it's crazy. a patient like that literally had rotator cuff surgery scheduled mm-hmm. on any, you know, and you know, tell us about, about her. Well, I mean, it's kind of the same old story. I mean, no <laughs> nobody was looking at the neck. And I think what happens is, you know, you're kind of getting referred from place to place and it's just every script every referral that you get says shoulder pain on it, and you just keep going down that path, you get imaging on your shoulder, and everyone's just sold on it's the shoulder. Yeah. And I mean but it takes 10 minutes to look at somebody's neck yeah. or less. And, and to get, I mean, sure, maybe maybe sometimes it's both. Sometimes it's neck and shoulder, and you got to go into both of them a little bit. But, but you got to go to the next yeah, step first. I would Otherwise, you'd be you. totally confused <laughs> on the shoulder because yeah. that's what's what creating part resolve. of it. So you, there's, there's steps to, there's a method to the madness, and if you mix up the steps, you're going to be completely confused. I would much rather you take 10 minutes and look at my neck than me become a human version of operation, though. Like, that was up to me, and it's crazy is that, again, I'm speaking from an outside point of view, is that prior to working here, I thought PT was what you did after your surgery. Mm-hmm. I never thought of it as like, oh, wait, they can actually stop me from going and having a surgery. Well, I think a lot of people think that. <laughs> but that's because it's like, no offense to the physical therapists of the world, it's just never been marketed in a way where it's like, you can come see us. Well, that's because it's we, for the most part, only marketed to doctors because mm-hmm. we have to have a prescription. Now, in Dallas or Texas now, you 
you can, it's a two week period now before you yeah. have to have one, but you have to have a prescription. So you always market to the doctors and that's, that's, and that's what the doctors market to their patients. So that's, that's yeah. what's known for us. But until we, you start direct marketing like other, other healthcare providers, that's not going to change. But, um, most people, most people don't know like what you can do if you can just really sit down and have a conversation, understand what's going on. Um, and I know like that particular patient, I mean, there's, you can even have stuff going on in your thoracic spine that also can create a lot of shoulder issues um, as well. And um, I know that patient had, again, they had tried physical therapy. They were scheduled to have rotator cuff surgery, and they just, you know, happened to talk to our office. And I'm like, listen, what do you have to lose if you don't come in here? What do you have to lose? Nothing. Let's just see and make sure. And sure enough, it was a neck and thoracic issue, and within a couple of weeks, she canceled the, the surgery. Um, just crazy because yeah. you're not just canceling a surgery you're canceling all the things that you're gonna you're now allowed to do the things that you were about to cancel in a week's time two weeks time six months time and literally in a six mm-hmm. week period of time she was back to rowing and all of her activities literally six weeks if she had the rotator cuff surgery you're looking at six months that's what i'm saying and like, I you're not throwing a ball with your to kids. work like you are in so much pain you can't sleep like her ability to work would have been horrible like we saved so much time obviously saved money on yeah. the, from the surgery perspective of, from insurance and all the rehab that you have to do yeah. and in six weeks and a like six visits from work. you know maybe it was seven i can't remember it was something usually around like you know six to eight she was like back functioning normal and not having any problems it's very hard to get your muscle like your shoulder strong again after you have rotator cuff surgery because the muscles are so small i mean it can take up to a full year to actually get your strength back yeah. which is crazy though it's just changed your whole life for a year though like yeah. you're literally, and it, I don't want to sound rude to the medical world, but like surgeries in the medical world are spoken about so casually. Like you know, you just gotta go have the surgery on Wednesday, and then you'll be good. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a year. Yeah, but like, they, and, but you never hear that. It's like you'll get the surgery and you'll feel good. And you're like, what about the part like after it where you know you in crippling pain, you know, yeah. on all types of medication that. You may, I mean, I'm not saying that every surgery is avoidable, obviously. No, there's definitely times yeah. when you need to have surgery, yeah. but it's, like, done way more. Well, you like, and I have been over this before. When you look at the U.S., is like, surgical rate versus the entire globe. We performed surgeries that over, it was, like, over 25 times more than the rest of the world. Now, obviously, there's parts of the world that just are, like, waving sticks at each other to fix things. But, like, that includes these crazy places like England, where I thought surgeries were a dime a dozen there. We're performing surgeries over 13 times more than the UK in the US, which is astronomical when you really think of it. And that's a percentage, not a number per number. So, I think in other countries, they really try to go more of a conservative route first and use more gatekeeping versus just going straight to surgery. I mean, we have people here who we've seen who, like, literally, like I said to you, they sound like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, they're just put back together. The only thing she's missing is a robotic eye. <laughs> like, they've literally been, and it's so normal to them. Yeah. Like, the idea of the next surgery is so normal because they're already five surgeries deep. Well, mm. I, I tell people it can be medicalized, um, and that's kind of, they go to the doctors, and that's what the doctors say, this is what you have to have, and so that they're like, okay, this is what I have to have, and... Um, there's no one really advocating for them to really ask the, the right questions to see if, is this really something that needs to happen? There's just not a lot of places out there, too, that are really set up where they have the time to sit down and figure it out together. Yeah. Um, and that's and that's a big thing, because when you go to, I mean, 
other physical therapy. Like, all these people have been to other physical therapy offices. But, you know, unfortunately, when you're in the system of, you know, the insurance and those kind of things, literally you're seeing two and three patients at the same time. So for them to go and sit down and, like, have a conversation and really figure things out, they don't have the time to do it. Maybe the, the, the evaluation, they sit down. But even their evaluation skills are horrible. I'm like, you, they don't even ask them questions. Do they even explain to you, like, why they're doing this exercise? Like, no. And I'm like, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I can predict when someone comes in here and they've done physical therapy on a shoulder. I'm like, let me guess. You did rotator cuff exercises. You did rows. You did shoulder extensions. And they're like, yeah, how did you know? And I'm like, it's to me. oh, it's, my gosh. <laughs> it's like um, cookie cutter. But it's like flipping tables in a restaurant versus trying to actually get somebody quality food. Like, if you're trying to literally save someone's, like, diet health and, like, get their whole body in check, you're going to spend time, you're going to map out their diets, you know, their needs, their every micronutrient. But if you work in a restaurant, you're literally just flipping the table. Like, we got to get him out because the next one's coming in. And that's what, I mean, it's the simplest way to look at how other places have to operate is, like, we got to get X amount of people in and out of this building by the end of the day. Mm -hmm. It's not, can we transform this person's entire life? Like, if we can in the time, that's great. That's what we started doing, what we did for that's why you became a PT. No one became a PT to deal with insurance, mm -hmm. I don't think. But you like get stuck in that system of like we got to get them in, get them out, get them in, get them out. And I feel like along the way you don't actually get to do why you both obviously became PTs was to actually help people's lives become a better quality. Yeah, or maybe they're stuck staring at their computer. Yeah, they're there. You got five hundred pounds yeah. of notes. Yeah, you have two. You have two <laughs> three patients an hour. That's two to three notes an hour. Yeah, and then I mean, in my last job, I would document every weekend because I didn't I wanted to give people good treatment but you kind of pay the price for it that's what I'm saying no one, time. Yeah. Yeah. no one became a PT no one became a doctor ever because they really passionately love writing notes yeah. <laughs> like I just don't think that there's uh, maybe there's one really really like crazy no, that's person pretty much no one really likes to do that piece of it but, and, but I mean, that's that's the thing though is that that necessary. becomes but that becomes the time that all oh, you guys when you're seeing two three people every hour and you're well, it's not even documented for that. Then you have all the extra secondary insurance companies that you've got to document and mm -hmm. send paperwork in to get more approval right. of visits. There's just so much that it's not about the patient. It's about getting it's about getting all the steps right for the system so that we can get paid our pennies. But that, um, what sucks <laughs> with that, though, and this is what I wanted to get to there, is that like you're having to do such complex stuff on that side while while you're trying to deal with complex cases where you know you're being told my shoulder hurts, this hurts, that hurts, this hurts. And in reality, it becomes something different. And you're so engulfed with there's three people in there anyway. There's all this extra stuff that you've got to do paperwork-wise. That When do you actually even get the time to truly, truly treat is you end up having to do what you just said. You're sacrificing your own personal life and your own mental stability to, to treat yeah. people the best that you can, which is why you started doing what you do. Yeah, because it takes time to listen to people. And if you're sitting there staring at your computer... You're not going to be able to do that. I mean, there's just no way that you can divide your time up yeah. enough to to really listen to somebody. Because sometimes it's just really subtle, like when someone's telling you that it's coming out of their neck. And they're, they're giving you all the clues, but... They don't know. And that, that, yeah. I will say that is what I've noticed the longer I've been here, is every single interaction that you have here, you get like the extra Scooby-Doo clue randomly where it's like, they're kind of telling you this is missing in my life or... I, I purposely avoid lying on my side now because of this and that, but like for the first two weeks they haven't said a thing about their sleeping, which is crazy to me because if you're having, if they're struggling to get that information to you one-on-one, -on -one, 
I don't know how on God's earth you get it when there's three other people in the room and you're trying to see everybody together. You don't. Or, or you get it and it's like, um, I, can, I can remember there's times where it would be six weeks, eight weeks down the road, they're still in the office and they're just a complicated case, you're just trying to figure it out and then finally you're like, oh my God, I never looked at this, I need to look at this and this and then it's like, mm -hmm. it, it worked and I'm like, oh my God, I wasted two months because I didn't have enough time to look at this person to really get res get the resolution. Now, the patients didn't care because I was always trying. But now, like, just being able to treat one-on-one, -on -one, the amount that I've learned in the last two, three years that I've been doing mm -hmm. this, like, really one-on-one, -on -one, has been, like, exponential because now I'm like, huh, okay, let me look at this. Let me move this. Let's look at this. Like, so for those complicated patients, usually it's layers of things. It's not mm -hmm. one thing. It's, like, layers of things. It's like... Oh my gosh, not only do you have a lower cervical issue, but you also have an upper cervical issue. We need to go address the upper cervical, and that's the missing piece. That's why why you're still having a little bit of the issues. Like, it resolves like 80%, but I want to get you 100%. And so, you start looking, or it's something that's in the thoracic spine. I never would have, ever. Oh, you get hip and thoracic spine combos, like, weekly. It feels like they're your... Uh, you don't always. It's, 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 uh, it's not a common one for the hip. Um, definitely way more common for the shoulder. Mm -hmm. um, but when you get those really kind of complicated... Well, I have that with my shoulder. I, <laughs> yes. I've been told literally before I came here that my shoulder was really weak. And I did everything. I was like, I'm going to have boulders for shoulders. And then some, every time I tried to squat, my shoulder felt like it was going to rip off my like skeletal system. So it, it is funny that like that's me personally having to go through this being told thing. And, and you, I think because I'm younger... As well, I just kind of like, well, it doesn't hurt that bad, it's whatever. <laughs> but then, like, you deal with it. We have people come in here. You both have, like, constantly, they're like, how long have you been dealing with this? Like, that's 10 years. I'm like, 10 years? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. I was 15. Most of the time, it's, it comes and goes, comes and goes. You know, it gets better. You leave it alone for a little bit, it comes back. Yeah. And then one day, you can't deal with it anymore. a little longer, yeah. you know, or it's a little worse than you were used to, or starts getting in the way of some part of your life, and you're like, okay, maybe I should actually do something about this now, but... I mean, I would suggest to do it earlier rather than later. I want it's to... the accumulation of everyday activities. It's that, when you start being able to do it... stuff you enjoy. Like that is it for me. The only time I truly care about my shoulder <laughs> is when I'm like, I wanted to go squat today, and now it hurts, uh, and now I'm upset. Well, that's the that's the reason why people come in here. Yeah, and that's the thing. <laughs> or you want to pick up your grandkids, or you yes. know, it's, it's when you sitting for work. It's when yes. you stop doing stuff that you love. That yeah. is truly the reason you end up in places like this. But one thing I did want to say, because obviously, Ben, this is like your second time on here now, is that people might not know. Obviously, Stephanie, you wouldn't have anybody in here who's not well-rounded, but when it comes to shoulders and necks, it's like it's the one thing that like lightens your eyes, I've noticed. What what makes them so fun for you to treat? Um, I've, always, I've always liked looking at the research as far as like neck and shoulder, and I, I know like I've gone to cervical courses, my goal was always kind of like, I want to be really good at differentiating out necks and shoulders. Be mm -hmm. Just because, what we were talking about earlier, you see so many people go down this, this poor route of, well, I'm going to have a subacromial decompression, but your neck. You know, and, yeah. and it's just, the sur surgery is a, is a bigger risk than I think we give it credit for. That's what I'm saying, we just say it like it's normal, you go get your neck done. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're cutting into you. Yeah. And, you're, your being body's not, you're not exposed to an operating room. 
So well, that's what the patients are told too. Like this is what it's going to take to get fixed, and they're and they're like you said, they can't do the things that they love to do, so they're desperate. But I think it's like I I I see it very similar to car dealerships. Like not car dealerships, but you know when you go to like an auto shop, if you have no clue about cars, and the guy comes out and he's like, he's broken. You're like, oh god, okay, what do we do now? Because you have no clue. He he's the expert in here, so if he says that it's time to replace every single thing in your car, you're like. Done. It's over. Need to get a new one. And, that's and what... it totally happens. Oh my gosh. But that's what I'm saying. And, and we, but we... <laughs> I can remember when I was a kid, uh, not a kid, like driving yeah. when I was younger and I took my car in and I called my dad and I'm like, they want to fix this, this, and this. He's like, you tell them it's only this. <laughs> and, and the problem is though, is that there's a lot more people who are very knowledgeable about cars and far less people who are very knowledgeable about the body. <laughs> so not many people have, well, our, our patients just pick up the phone and call you guys. So <laughs> even if they're with the doctor in the room. But, like, most people don't have that. Again, that's a very big benefit of here. Let's be honest. is that you can actually pick up the phone and, and speak to somebody now. But, like, people don't have that feeling of, like, comfort. So whatever this guy says, whatever, they come out of this room and say, hey, it's time for you to cut off this, this, and this, and add a little bit of this inside you, you're like, okay, I guess that's what I'm doing. Because well, you I mean, don't know. I feel like when people come in, I'm, I'm unraveling these, like, all the misleading things they've been told over the years. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, the the curve in your spine yeah. is reversing. <laughs> your your neck is out of alignment. Um, Everybody and their mother you seems to be out of alignment. In your yeah. shoulders. It's arthritis. It's arthritis, yeah. Oh, your core is weak. It's like, well, no. None of those things are supported by research as actually Yeah, you're a big research pain. person as well. You're always, like, 24-7 looking up new things about new things, new studies. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's important to, like, because that stuff is coming out is like there's a bunch of new stuff coming out all the time because we talk about like you know I think a lot of McKinsey practitioners know to rule the neck out mm-hmm. but now research actually supports it I mean they're they'll look at you know forty percent of the cases where people just come in with like isolated extremity pain they can take it back to the neck mm-hmm. or they can take it back to the lumbar spine and those people aren't having any spine symptoms yeah, yeah. it's like so you just you have to rule it out. I mean, there's just, there should, you know, be no excuse. Be honest, this is the reason that you picked Ben, though, over, over Oh, that, and he has the biggest heart of any person. Well, I mean, I feel like that's a lot of but, people here, but, like, literally, like, yeah. he wears his heart on the sleeve. No, that's why I just think it's funny, because, like, people will come in, and you'll have people who've known you for years, and it's like, well, I've, I've seen Stephanie for years, and then they finally have Ben work on their shoulder, and it's like, or, you know, whatever they it may be. forget about me. Yeah, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, hey, Stephanie, how have you been? And I just think it's funny, because, like, I've been here now, like, six months-ish, right around that time, and it's funny seeing that, like, how relationships build, because it is a very weird relationship, a patient with a PT. It, you fixed them and gave them something back that they didn't think they were going to have, and they are literally, like, your loyal subject for life, whatever you say... I will do, you've gave me this back, and seeing people now, like, really just become a, a whole family here, of people who just genuinely care, and I think it's cool when you see these cases that you guys have that are, you guys don't get basic cases, like, let's be no. honest, you don't get the, the regular run-of-the-mill, like, hey, my shoulder kind of hurts at night, yeah. Well, sometimes they're basic to us, <laughs> Yeah. but they're not to a lot of people, and there are times where I'm like, oh, man, this is a crazy one, but it's fun, because it's a puzzle. Um, so it's just like figuring out like where do you start, but um, but that's the fun of it. Like those, that's I mean. But that's the thing that every single person here has in common, from Lisa to Gina to both of you, is that it's this common goal of like fix the person, no matter what it does, to get them to not like oh hey now I can walk down the street, but like you 
You said you wanted to golf. You're going to golf. You said you wanted to ride your bicycle. You said you wanted to go running with your kids. That's the goal. It's not, oh, I don't feel pain when I stand around and do nothing. It's like, and that's what I think is very weird when I talk to some of these people who have gone different places. They're like, well, I can walk now. I'm like, that's, that's your win? Your win is that you can kind of get around without a walker. Or you can now, like, you had somebody recently who was a locksmith. Yeah. Whose shoulder hurt. Who would end up cutting his hours down. If <laughs> he did one arm. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's literally, like, doing his whole life with one arm, though. He, would, uh, he installed the, um, the things that control the door going back in. Yeah, yeah. That was, like, his main gig. And it's, like, he's putting it up there with one arm and then just, like, kind of, like, halfway, like. Yeah, having to just be in <laughs> constant pain. And it's yeah. so crazy, though, because I spoke to him not recently, and it's, like, to them, then, once, you, once they can have their, whether it's work or love of life back, they're all different people. There's people I've spoken to, like, day one, who, when they're in pain, I'm like, this person is just mean. Like, this person is angry and, like, mad at life, and then two, three visits in, also, I'm like, why is that not like a different person? Well, it's because, I mean, they're finally getting resolution. They, they also feel like they've been heard, too. Uh, hurt, like they like just well, emotionally hear them. Hurt, though. Yeah, and and I mean, I'm just always amazed at when people come into the office and literally they've been at other places and it's like, well, they say this is the best that it could be, and I'm like, that's the best that can be. Like, can raise your arm to ninety? Like, are you kidding me? And they like completely have given up on them. And these are like other other places, and I'm like, no, we are going to make you better. Yeah. And and they do. They get better. Um, it's just rare rare that they don't. Um. But, yeah, there's and people give up on them. I mean, doctors give up on them. I don't know why. Like, it's just the way it is. Here's some medications. Here's some drugs. Whatever. That's what this I'm is saying. what you're going to have to be on for the rest of your life. And I'm like, no, no. But they listen to that, though. Because, like I well, said, because they've tried everything. To. There's nothing yeah. else. And it's like they've totally, like, lost, you know, they've gone through, like, the, the stages of, of anger where they just are, like, you know, pissed off they can't get back to work and then they're frustrated and they're depressed. I mean, like, they literally go through this whole process, which is why most of the time we have to deal with, like, the emotional side of things as well. There's a massive emotional component to it. (laughs) So we have to hit it from all different angles. It's not just, like... People build, like, complete anxiety, depression, like, all types of emotional things from... And unless you go through it yourself, it's hard, but you guys have both done, I guess because of how many cases and personal experiences, I mean, you've got three different ACL injuries under your belt, you've been yeah. able to connect on that emotional level with people understanding the the pain that goes through. Well, just going through the system. Yeah. Like, there's been, I don't know how many times I've That's been what I'm saying. Something. You guys have done the physical side yourselves, gone through the dealing with the insurance side on a, on a work level and on a personal level. So it's like, you really do grasp what these people are telling you. It's not just a, uh-huh, uh-huh, next. Yeah. Well, how you talk to people matters. And what you say to them matters. Yeah. I mean, how, how you explain things is so important to how, like, actually getting a patient over the hump because if you're just trying to scare the crap out of them I mean yeah they may listen to you but they're going to have this weird emotional level like body awareness issue that you've created now where they think like their hips are out of place if they bend over wrong you know it's like (laughs) that that always contributes to long term issues I mean that's basically how people kind of go down this chronic pain path is they just think they're broken what's crazy as well to me is that People, there's people who we see who you guys don't necessarily treat. They'll come in and have that one-on-one like discovery visit and you'll hear that then and you'll see what they're going through and just, even though you guys don't physically do a thing with them that day, finally seeing like a, a resolution in their face of like, well, there is going to be some type of answer out there. Like, mm-hmm. And that's where going into the emotional component is 
like, I feel like some of these people, that's the first thing you need to do is finally get them to an emotional level of like, oh my God, I can actually do something again. And it's literally just from one half an hour sit down that you can finally give somebody a bit of hope back. They've got an actual battle to fight then versus just giving up and saying, well, this is what it is. My arm will never be, my neck will never be. I'll always have migraines from my neck. Like you're giving them that in a half an hour talk, which is crazy because that's one thing you can't get at the doctor's office. You can buy whatever surgery you want at a doctor's office, but it's really, really bloody hard to sit down and have a, a 30 minute conversation with the person who's working on you. Well, I think that that's um, a couple of things that make us different than a lot of other places. Um, and that's one of them is that we have what you, what we call like these free discovery visits where you can sit down and have a conversation, get your questions answered before you even pay us any money so that we can help you make a better decision about you know, what to do, what path you need to go on, whether we can actually help you or not, and then kind of coming up with what what are the next steps from that. You so guys are really honest with that as well. Yeah. There's no smoke and mirrors on whether we can help you. Um, and then we also have just so much education. Like our goal is to provide education to you to really empower you. Like that is our goal. So we have free um, ebooks that are neck and shoulder ebooks that people can go to on our website, um, empower-pt.com, that they can download. Um, we have educational events that we put on or going to our YouTube channel. You can find um, talks that we've done on the neck and shoulder so that you can get more education around that. So, you know, the more you can get information, education, the better you're going to be able to make a, de a decision about your health. And that's just what not very many people do. They're not. It's just like this is what needs to happen. There's nothing that you can go read besides going to Dr. Google, which may or may not be the right place to go. But really, it's 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 just empowering you with information so that you can make the best decision for yourself. Yeah, I mean, it's that simple. And I think if anybody who's listening to this, if you got to this point in this podcast, you literally should just click the link in the description, come in, and get the answers that you that you need. That you, I always say that you deserve answers. Yeah. Good or bad, you deserve to know what is your next step in anything. That is like my biggest thing with anything, like from cars, like I said earlier to a doctor's visit is that you want to know what your next step is so that you can plan accordingly for your future. So if you've got to this point, you're 30 something minutes in here, it's literally really easy. You click it and sign up. We'll see you this week. <laughs> but is there anything else you guys got to add? No, I think it was great. And um, just a reminder, like we'll put all the links and everything um, in the podcast and in the comments in the podcast so that you can just find some of these things really easily for you. And uh, thanks Ben for coming on to our podcast today. Yeah, thanks for having me again.